This is Aspen Answered, today here with Chelsea Wooding and Brandon Harris. We are joined today by Dr. Jack Watson, Professor of Sport, Exercise, and Performance Psychology at West Virginia University. Dr. Watson, thank you so much for being here, for joining us. Um, let's start off with you giving us your 30-second elevator pitch uh, bio. So where are you now? We'll get to how you got there in a second, but your 30-second elevator pitch of where you're at now. Uh, so currently I'm a faculty member of sport, exercise, and performance psychology at West Virginia University. I am also currently serving as dean of the College of Physical Activity and Sports Sciences. Um, and yeah, I guess that's all. Let's, give it, let's make it a 10-second elevator uh, pitch. Well done. You might win for shortest one. I don't know. We'll have to keep track. Wonderful. All right. Well, Brandon, I'll hand it over to you to guide us in then. All right. This Now we're getting serious. So prepare yourself. So we, um, so this is a podcast as Chelsea mentioned. And so one of the things that we were really interested in doing when we came up with this idea was to visit with each of the, the presidents of ASP and get a better understanding of really these significant figures in the profession. And as much as you and I give each other a hard time, the reality is, is that you are um, an incredibly important and influential person in our field. Um, and not just for the discipline, but also for, you know, the pro like professionals, uh, like probably like Chelsea and, and yeah, me. Um, and so we are really, really, I think, privileged and, and interested in hearing about um, your pathway in terms of how you got to where you are today. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about that like years and years ago when, when I was in grad school, but um, how did you get to, to where you are? And are there certain moments that you feel like stand out to you over the years that you think you would attribute a lot, just being really um, kind of pinnacle, either people or experiences that got you to where you're at, knowing that so many people start out in sports psych, but were initially interested in uh, a completely different discipline until they somehow found sports psychology and, and the rest was history. Yeah, so um, just cut me off and tell me if you want this to get shorter as we go, because I tell this story quite often. So it, there is sometimes some length to it. And I'd first like to say with Brandon, thank you for saying I'm an influential person in the field. I'm going to remember that. And I know how painful it was for you to <laughs> say that as a, uh, uh, given the amount of uh, crap that we've given each other. <laughs> I have um, it on my cue. I have it on my cue card. So I had to say it. <laughs> um, so you know, I think my, my road to, to sports psychology was um, was a little bit strange, but maybe not totally strange. Um, I had, um, I went to the University of Virginia and I was a member of the golf team, um, but I was, a, I, was, I was majoring in mechanical engineering at the time. And um, I mean, mechanical engineering was okay. I was doing fine, but it wasn't, I didn't really truly have a passion for it. And then at the end of my junior year uh, there, I had to go and do an informational interview with a mechanical engineer. And I spent all day with this individual. Uh, and I asked him all sorts of questions from what he liked and disliked about his job, how much he got to travel, did it give him opportunities? You know, what was the, um, what was it like to do this with a family, you know? anything you could imagine we went through these questions and at the end of the day what it what it uh what i learned was that there was no way in <laughs> so honestly that was one of the most important events in 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 yeah. my life at that time um and so i don't recommend doing this but after my junior year in college i uh changed my major uh, i changed it to psychology i'd always been interested in psychology but um, as a member of the golf team, we were working with Bob Rotella and, um, Bob Rotella had done, you know, a lot of great things. It was, I was really interested in what he was doing and how he was helping us perform and helping us think. 
And um, I was thinking, boy, that's something that I that I think I could might be able to do. And so I actually changed my major from uh, mechanical engineering to psychology. They didn't have an undergraduate degree in sports psychology. But I changed it to psychology after my junior year. Uh, to be able to graduate on time, I actually uh, did not play on the golf team my senior year, but took a lot, a lot, a lot of credits to graduate on time. Wow. Um, and uh, but it but it was definitely worth it to me. And I applied to a number of different programs, um, and um, and ended up at West Virginia University for my master's degree. And it was. Truly, you know, I, I, I accepted WVU sight unseen and uh, and came here. I'd come up a month before to try and find a place to live okay. and uh, and moved here for my master's degree and truly just realized what it was like to have a passion for education and have a passion for what I was studying, um, you know, because I was working harder than I'd than I'd worked in, in undergrad. Um, I had more time without golf on the table as well, and um, but I really had a passion to try and do everything the right way, and and truly was just blessed to have um, found a mentor that was perfect for me and Andy Astro um, at Etzel as well. That but the two of them really just kind of took me under their wing and and uh, really helped me understand the field better, and at the same time. Uh, Chris Lance and Bart Lerner were both both were starting in the doctoral program at the same time, and they both also took me under their wing and were kind of my my um, my doctoral student mentors at the time, and really encouraged me to to continue on in the field and to and to try to you know um, try and you know make a goal, make a profession of sports psychology at the time. And uh, so came to WVU, was, it really was a great experience, um, was looking at doctoral programs and uh, Andy Ostro said, you know, we'd love to have you at WVU, but I think you need to go somewhere else to get a different mm -hmm. perspective. And um, at that point in time, I was, I was married. Um, I will tell you that my wife's only response was, uh, I had applied to six doctoral programs. I think I got a, 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 admitted to all six and uh, my wife's only response back to me was, I don't care where we go as long as it's not in the state of Florida. <laughs> so obviously I went to school at Florida State. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I like that that face wipe there, Brandon. Because <laughs> I'm just picturing it. Oh, no, I think we lost him. We have a frozen brand and I'll keep talking. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, so oh, you decide. Oh, there he's sorry, back. No. Okay. I, sorry. Uh, I um, I was just saying I can, I'm picturing Joe right now, like <laughs> saying that. Yep. And so uh, it was bet it was the best place for me to go. She accepted that that was the fact. I will tell you that she cried when we went to Florida State, and she cried harder when we left um, wow. because she couldn't imagine we were leaving such a wonderful place. Um, but I, but I was lucky to find another uh, really good mentor in, in David Parkman down there, and um, but really walked into into that program and became kind of like the senior doctoral student right off the bat, mm -hmm. where I was the person that the master students were coming to for help. I was serving as like an additional committee member at times for them, just to help them with their, you know, with the methods and the statistics for their. Um, for their theses and, and such. And, um, you know, it was, it was a really, really good experience for me. And uh, when I finished, I had also started a, when I was finishing my PhD, I had started a master's, the master's degree program in counseling and um, was very, very lucky that a faculty member, Jim Sampson, approached me and asked me if I wanted to do a postdoc respecialization in, in uh, counseling, counseling psych. And, um, I, you know, I told him, I said, wow, sounds amazing, but I have no idea what that is. And uh, he kind of described it to me as that I'd able to be, you know, to do the, the, the requirements necessary to get licensed as a psychologist. Um, I could probably do that in one to two years. And uh, then I could sit for licensure as a psychologist. 
Um, so I went back, talked with my wife about it. We decided that uh, it was something we wanted to do. And um, luckily they had already accepted me into that program. And um, so I, I started it and did a, did a postdoc re-specialization in, in counseling and school psychology. I didn't have to write a second dissertation because I already had a doctoral degree and was licensable from that, but I did have to do a, a pre-doc internship. Um, and that was during right at the start of the computer matching for those internships. And I was very lucky to, I really prioritized schools that um, also had sports psychology or placements that had sports psychology um, connections to them. And uh, I matched with, uh, with here with, at WVU in the Cruz Center for Counseling and Psychological Services and um, was able to come here, which was great. Um, and, and was able to start teaching as an adjunct while I was an intern, I was teaching as an adjunct in the program. And um, I was able to finish off my, my hours I needed for licensure before the internship was over and had applied for my, for my licensure at that point in time. And um, really just kind of, kind of lucked into a lot of that. I mean, I was accepted into this post postdoc program that I never applied to, right? And then um, I was able to, I got hours um, prior to coming to my internship um, working at uh, FCI Tallahassee, so the, the Federal Correctional Institution in Tallahassee and FDC Tallahassee um, Federal Detention Center. And so I was able to finish off my hours before the end of my internship year and start uh, collecting my supervision and everything for my, um, uh, my gold license. And uh, that worked out great. And the, the, um, the state of West Virginia just completely accepted all of my proposals. They allowed me to count teaching hours. Um, I had to do, I had to see clients one, one, one full day a week and get supervision, which I found a, uh, a center here in, in town that was a pastoral counseling center that allowed me to, to see clients. Uh, they paid me for doing that and they provided my supervision on top of that. Wow. Um, so it was, it was truly an amazing experience. It was almost like the stars were aligned to allow me to to be able to um, get through a degree like this, uh, get hired at WVU, one of the one of the really great programs in the country. Um, you know, really in a program that um, at the time when when well both of you came through this program when you came in here, I don't know that I would have gotten into this program. But yeah. you know, I was I was hired to teach in the program and to lead the program at the time and uh, was just very, very lucky um, that all of the stars aligned. Um, and then I was able to continue practicing in sports psychology while I was teaching and uh, really had some, some great experiences. Um, and all of that led to then um, really being able to, uh, you know, to get involved in some administration as a department chair and as an associate dean uh, and then uh, as Dean, so where I am today. Thank you for all of that background. I'm curious, you mentioned being an athlete at Virginia, being on the golf team. Had you heard of sports psychology before working with Bob Rotella, being on that team? Was that something you knew about or was that something that was new when you joined the golf team there? Sports psychology was new. I didn't, I mean, had I heard of it? Yes, did I really know what it was? No. Mm. Um, but I was someone, honestly, who had, who really had dealt with a lot of, of uh, performance anxiety and uh, really was, was going to be able to benefit and did benefit a great deal from the services that we were providing mm. uh, or that were being provided to us, at least. And, um, and so that's how I got engaged with it and really, really liked it. I also saw, I, make, I took a class from Bob Rotella and he would be talking about how he was, you know, at the masters and uh you know having having dinner with uh you know davis love and fred couples or we'd see we'd see brad faxon coming to town and hitting on the driving range next mm -hmm. to our golf team right and these are people that you're watching on tv every day and you're like oh my gosh like this is who he gets to work with like it was a big pull yeah i appreciate your honesty 
So now that we know a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are, we'd love to get a snapshot of the field. Um, kind of why I was curious about your own journey finding sports psychology, um, particularly the field before your uh, presidential service with ASP. So could you describe the field of sport and exercise psychology and ASP before you ran for president? And any things that are particularly relevant or significant to you that really stood out to you, again, that kind of led to your, your run for the presidency of ASP? Yeah, so my first ASP conference was in, I think it was 1990, it was either four or five, it was in New Orleans. Mm. I can tell you it was actually kind of interesting because um, I believe Gene Williams was, was president at the time. And I remember walking in, the first thing I did was uh, when we got to the hotel, my friends and I, we were driving over from Tallahassee, uh, opened up the door and there was a, a woman standing there and she said, hello, are you guys here for ASP? And we were like, yeah. And, um, and she says, well, hi, my name's Jean Williams. And I was like, uh, 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 <laughs> we're using your textbook and uh, use, your te you know, use your textbook in class. And uh, I was totally... Um, just awestruck, right? And um, that experience, that that is a big part of what ASP always meant to me, though, was that the people in ASP were always extremely outgoing, friendly, mm -hmm. and inviting. Um, yeah. Never once have I felt like an outsider in the organization. I've always felt um, like I was included in everything, even as a younger doctoral student at my first conference, where the presidents have always been willing to talk and give of their time and uh, truly help you to better understand the field. Mm -hmm. And so the field was pretty much in its infancy. So certification was pretty new at that time. Um, I remember I played in the, uh, we used to have a, an annual golf tournament at the conference then and played in that golf tournament and uh, with someone who had just gotten certified and it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, we just, um, you know, that just so much going on uh, in the organization. I mean, to get the organization up and running, um, you know, and, and the work that that whole initial uh, e-board did was so amazing. And, um, you know, and, and those individuals were truly invested in the field and really moving it over from, um, you know, motor, motor learning, kinesiology, sure. really strong kinesiology focus to really give it a, a focus on sports psychology and, um, you know, and, and really that, you know, the exercise and health psychology portions of it um, were always, you know, has, has always been great. Um, and um, so the field, the field continued to progress. You know, we, we always had the stumbling blocks. I can remember there were a lot of very controversial um, business meetings at that point in time in the, in the early years. And uh, some of those were, were really strong and some of those, um, you know, just lots of, uh, lots of arguments as well, whether it be over the name um, or um, really over the pillars of the organization and, and really is, is sports psychology, you know, really where is the focus lie and, and, and what is it? Um, and so just a lot of different things going on. Um, I think that our big push to me, always came back to helping people find jobs. I mean, when I entered the field and, and got my job at, at WVU, there were very, very few jobs available every year. And those numbers of jobs in academia, you know, when you really, your jobs were, your only job choices were in academia and there were very few. And, uh, you know, well, I don't want to say that. I mean, the Olympic Committee had positions, but there were very few of them as well. And other than that, you didn't really hear about other positions. You didn't know where they were. And so, you know, the big push really started becoming, okay, let's help people find more jobs. And, you know, whether that be through, initially that was probably through more academic programming, um, but then it also expanded and we started seeing more positions in, in, in college. And we started seeing some positions in, in the pros. Um, you know, and then the Olympic Committee had their positions, but then those continued to expand and we started seeing licensed and non-licensed positions, mm -hmm. um, you know, in college. We saw the same in, in, in professional sports 
Um, and then really the expansion um, and, and the adding on of, of military was, was a big, big boost. And those have been all things that have really helped the organization and the profession. And a lot of people really made that happen. Some that were in leadership positions and others that really just, you know, they did a lot for the for the field by by pushing the field in, in their professional realms. Sure. Um, we've been really, really lucky to have a number of people really um, step up and, and make things happen, whether it be in baseball or football or basketball or hockey um, and in the collegiate realm. And uh, we've done great, but the organization really started to, um, you know, hired a marketing firm and started to market itself better. And that was a that was a big part of 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 what the organization did to really get the brand of what is sports psychology out there. And really, you know, we've seen the some of those changes. And really, um, you know, whether it's you know, we we call our program sport exercise performance psychology, right? Um, but really looking at what is it that people do and, and what is their value and, and where can they help out and what settings do they, do they function. And, and it's been amazing to watch where that is. And, you know, we have graduates of our program that have worked in performing arts settings and in, you know, and in the military, as we've talked about, but also in corporate settings and on the stock exchange and so many different places where, uh, you know, understanding performance and getting out there, um, people are starting to get the gist of what what we do in our field. And that's been some of the greatest growth mm. of, of what it is that we've done. And, um, you know, and that kind of leads up to, to me with, with my uh, presidential year, um, deciding to run. Um, you know, I made the decision to run shortly after the the Providence uh, conference, and um, and um, John Silva gave a talk at the at the conference that uh, that you know basically, you know he he started off with the song "Time," you know the Pink Floyd song "Time," right, and and really pushed a lot of issues and and um, and I had a conversation with him after that and over the next month or so we talked a couple of times and 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 I decided that yeah I mean maybe it was a good time to try and to try and run and and you know and just to you know to try and make a difference and part of that I I mentioned in my um in my presidential address that part of that was when I was asked to run I I, I mentioned it to my wife and my wife said to me um you know, you, you bitch about the organization all the time. This is almost an exact quote. You bitch about the organization all the time. So you, at this point, you're either going to put up or shut up because I don't want to hear you bitching anymore if you're not going <laughs> to do something to change it. And so, you know, as as is normal, my wife is a big part of the decisions that I make. And this is, you know, what it came down to. And um, and so I, de I decided to do that. And you know, one of the things that I had also done is, is you know, I, in my presidential talk, I talked about uh, generations of people in the field and, and where they were. And, and I really felt like, um, you know, like I was a Gen 2 pe person, right? And maybe one of the first Gen 2 people to kind of move, push towards the leadership in, in the organization, which I, you know, it, that was not to say anything about Gen 1. They had done some amazing things getting the organization where it was. Absolutely. We were starting to see a lot more growth and, and I think we needed to change some of our policies and our procedures to help us handle that growth more effectively. Um, the, you know, working with a very specific management firm was, was um, gonna be very important for us. Um, not just the, the marketing firm, but really going on with the, the management firm. Um, I, you know, and so decided to, you know, to put my name into the hat and to run for that and uh, was was lucky enough to to win that election. And, um, you know, I think that um, a lot of people probably remember me crying during that presidential uh, induction. Um, and uh, because it meant a lot to me, it really did. And the organization has always been a big part of of who I am and what I do, and I and I resonate very closely with the organization. Um, 
you know, but very early on, we met, um, we met in Indianapolis right after I was elected and, or soon after I was, soon after I was elected and, um, we met to do selections for the management firm. And, um, and during that time when we were doing those, uh, during those elections, we had met with a few people there. And one of those people was Jim Whitehead, who was, um, in, well, who's, who's very involved in, in sports sciences and sports medicine. And Jim really talked closely about certification and the importance of it. And I remember I was with Jack Lessick at the time, who uh, I was president-elect, Jack, Jack Lessick was president. And I said, I think we need to really work on enhancing our certification. And, um, and Jack said, yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think, why don't you take the lead on that? You know, and let's, let's give this, um, you know, let, let's give this six or seven months to see what we can do with this certification thing. And um, this was also when we were meeting with, and, and when we uh, interviewed and, and hired Kent Lindemann and his team to, to become the, the, the management team for the organization. And uh, I still think that that was one of the best decisions we ever made. But, um, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, Jack Lessick and I really thought this was a six month task um, to work on certification. And uh, as we know now, um, it was a seven year task and it was truly a blood, sweat and tears, seven year task. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, like I said, that I was not running that certification process any longer, like several times and Kent would, you know, would say, you know, you're going to do it. You know, we need you to do it. You know, you're the right person. Give it a week. Let's talk again. And he'd get me back to it. Um, because it was just, it was, it probably was the most, challenging endeavor I've ever, like I've undertaken, well, it might not still be the most challenging, but it's probably at least the second most challenging endeavor I've ever undertaken in my professional career. And it, it, it still is the most rewarding endeavor that I've mm. ever um, undertaken. And it was successful because of just an amazing group of, of an amazing team that, um, we were able to put together that truly just worked together so hard. I mean, we met every week for over a year and, and those meetings were two hours long and, and there was homework in between the meetings and it just, you know, and the, you know, and then the work before that, I mean, there were so many different committees that led up to that interim certification council that made a lot of the, of those decisions to get things going. And, but the team was so strong and we were just, no one brought no one brought a sense of entitlement to the to the process everyone came in open and willing to listen and to argue and to fight for what they thought was right but it was one of those only teams and we talk about this in in leadership all the time but when you get on teams you want people who are going to understand that when you argue you're not putting a person down you're talking about an idea Absolutely. And I don't remember ever anyone feeling like they were being put down, but there were just a lot of arguments, voices raised, things going on, but we always left those meetings with smiles and, you know, they were virtual, but, you know, it was pats on the back. And actually at that point in time, they were all over the phone. They weren't even on Zoom or anything. And, uh, and um, it truly was just wonderful. We all just wanted the best for the organization. And I remember picking the, the team and putting people on that team that I know, I knew at the time were going to disagree with each other and have very strong stances. But that's why I wanted them on that team because I knew that they were gonna fight for what they wanted and what they thought was right. And that we were not gonna have any group think. Mm. And that we were gonna argue every issue. And in, in the long run, there were very few decisions that we made that were made on by consensus. Most of them were where honestly, you know, they were, <laughs> they were split votes. Um, and I'll be honest, more often than not, I was on the losing end of those votes. Um, but I always knew that the right decisions were being made for the organization. I trusted in the group and, and what we did. And it was a phenomenal outcome. Mm. You know, like, 
I know it's gone a long way and it's great, but you know, I was so happy that we could move a certification forward and, and get it approved. And, and now it's being led, um, you know, well, decently well, I guess, Brandon. It's still accredited. So <laughs> <as far> as... <laughs> no, so it's being led really well, but the, the leadership that took over, I could not have been happier with the leadership afterwards. And to just be able to kind of say, okay, it's your all, so you go with it. Like, I will answer questions, but uh, you guys go and run with this. And and um, in my mind, you know, it's been one of the big things that's happened to our profession um, in the last many years to get the, the certification accredited and uh, to really move it forward to, to meet the standards necessary. And hopefully um, we continue to see improvements in the profession because of that. Um, because, you know, I, I'm not saying that we're ever going to turn into what, um, you know, athletic training or strength and conditioning are, things like that, you know, with the numbers. But I would, you know, I think certification can help us move in the right direction. Wonderful. Thank you for that background and kind of the timeline of those different steps. Brandon, you have the next question? Well, I think Jackie may have actually answered a good part of this, but what would you say um, motivated you, I guess, to, to actually run for president specifically? Um, yeah, I mean, number one, obviously, my wife was really important in that, and she knew how important the profession was to me. Um, I would say that um, I had a lot of great colleagues that I spent a lot of time with. And, um, and you know, we all were extremely passionate about the profession. And we would meet and always have special gatherings at the conference um, to help us, um, to help us talk about the major issues in the field. Um, you know, we knew that we wanted the field to, to develop and enhance and to grow. And, um, you know, we knew that we wanted one of us to kind of take a leadership role. Mm. And, um, and I think, you know, since then, several of us in that group have taken leadership roles. I just um, happened to be the first, right? Um, but but we, wanted, we wanted to make some very deliberate changes uh, in the profession. And, um, you know, we knew where we wanted those changes to be, what we thought they needed to be. We obviously needed to engage others in, in the organization and to, to be able to, to make a strong argument for the cases. But, um, but we, we, you know, we had and continue to talk and, and meet regularly about the profession and what it is that we're doing and want to do and, and where we think it's going and how we can improve it. And so I've just been very lucky to be around a very passionate group of professionals that um, really have always striven to be the best that they can be in, in the field and, um, and uh, continue to push each other to this day. And that's, what's, that's what was lucky to me. I made good friends. How about that? That's what got me to run for president was I, I made good friends who supported me and hopefully I've supported them as well. And um, we spent a lot of time talking about a vision for the profession. That's beautiful. Wow. You also touched on when you were giving us a bit of that timeline, the role of certification, not only in your time as president, but even in the years after. But you mentioned that that didn't really come up until you had already been elected um, and you were at that meeting in Indy. So what were you hoping to accomplish in your time as ASK president? And then upon reflecting, yeah. um, I, again, I know you already touched on, on, on this, but maybe if you can dive in more, what do you think are your main accomplishments as ASK president? Yeah. So going in, um, I, I definitely did, you know, my, my focus was definitely going to be on Initially, it was going to be on probably strengthening the the um, the ethical standards, 
um, that's, and that's my background, right? It was going to be looking at and doing some assessment of um, whether it be program evaluation or accreditation of some sort. Um, and, 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 and then looking at and trying at some way to, to strengthen certification. But in my mind, what really what I really realized was after some of those conversations, I really felt like certification needed to be the first thing. Sure. Um, and so once certification came, then you could have better discussions about accreditation or program review or whatever you want to talk about it because we know what needed to be in those programs at that point in time. So I don't know that in my mind, I'd kind of put the sequence together yet. And then having that conversation with, with Jim Whitehead. Um, and I also believe that, and I know I mentioned Jack Lessig was there. I think Damon Burton was also present for that conversation. And, um, and I remember just coming away from it thinking, yeah, our certification is our number one priority. We have to do this. And and even though my own desires would have been to do something else first, that the timeline required it to be certification. And so um, did I ever think it was probably going to be six months? I'm not sure that I thought it was going to be six months, but I think it was going to be seven years now. Um, and, you know, some part of me now looking back, like, I think that seven years was probably the right thing because we did a lot of steps really well. There are still some things we could have done better with the process, and I'm not going to disagree with that, but I don't think that we would have come to different decisions on a lot of them. I think we would have ended up where we were. Mm. Um, but I'll be honest, I learned a lot about leadership and growth through that process, and that's a big part of what led me to higher level administrative positions. Um, and to start thinking more about leadership. And so, um, so, but, but yeah, now I, I, it, it really just became obvious though, that certification was, was the initial pin that needed to be placed in that chain to help strengthen it, to get it to where it needed to be. And so really I dedicated a lot of my time to that. Um, and then really working with, uh, an executive board that was very strong. Um, but really also having, letting those people run their shops and not trying to micromanage and really let them kind of get their, you know, make decisions where everyone had to bring their, their big decisions back to the board, but really for them to lead those things and not to try and stay in touch or involved in every little thing, um, you know, which is a big leadership thing that I've learned to this point is put the right people in the right positions and then support them in those positions. So, um, yeah, and, the, and the, there's nothing I could say that I think was a bigger, bigger accomplishment from my presidency than certification, even though it happened four years after my presidency. Um, but I, I mean, but it was still the gains in certification up through the end of my presidency and then willingness to stay with that for the additional four years. So we get to take a quick break, Jack, and um, change the, the topic for a moment here. So we are hoping you could share a fun story with us um, in terms of your, your time in the field thus far. Um, doesn't matter how recent or, or you know, long ago uh, it, may, it may have taken place. So anything really goes, but you know, as you think about your your history and, and involvement in the profession um, in ASP, um, obviously within uh, training and, and higher education, um, what's one thing that you would share that really, uh, I guess, brings a, uh, either brings a smile to your face or one of those things that um, you consider to be a more, you know, kind of funny or memorable moment? Um, and if there are other ASP members that are involved, then obviously you're welcome to include them. <laughs> Because I have um, my I have my own that I would share, but obviously I'm not that would involve you, but I'm not going to do that. This is your day. I would, it's a separate episode. I would be scared to hear yours, but uh, so what I would say a couple there are a couple of things um, that I would come up with. Number one, I would say is that I when I was a doctoral student at Florida State, ASP was just the best time ever. And I could come up with a lot of stories of things that we did, and I never would have been elected president had anybody <laughs> know what some of them were. 
Uh, however, uh, spending time, I think the Banff conference uh, was fantastic in spending time with people like Alex Cohen and Jasmine Hutchinson. You know, those were with the house together. We just had the most amazing house and going to that conference and hiking Lake Louise, uh, great memory. Um, I would say that uh, I used to run in a race at the conference uh, that uh, is, was very memorable. And I think we used to get a rather large gathering to watch that race at the end of the banquet every year. And I wish Nikki were still coming to the conference because uh, I, would, I would like to, to uh, stoke up those, those race uh, memories. Um, but honestly, my, my best um, my best memories of, of the organization, um, and I, and I, <laughs> it's, it's the students that I've worked with and seeing them every year and seeing what they've accomplished and seeing where they've gone. And just, it's like being a father again and uh, just the accomplishments. And so uh, it's really neat that the two of you are the ones uh, doing this interview, um, having both been, been students here and um, and those memories go further than you can ever possibly imagine. And, uh, I'll be honest right now that, uh, and I'm so proud of all of everybody, um, but uh, you guys know me and, and, and it's a shock that I'm not crying right now. <laughs> um, because it is, the, uh, the WVU gathering each year is one of the absolute highlights, not just of the conference, but of the year to, to really um, get back together with with friends and colleagues, and just to really see where where people have gone and what they've achieved, it's amazing. That's special. You know, I do recall you introducing two of your students or former students to your mom in New Orleans. Maybe was it New Orleans that she came? Oh, you know exactly where it was. I thought it was New Orleans. It was it in was. St. Louis. It was on. It was on the paddle boat, in New Orleans. And it was myself and then one of our other graduates. <laughs> Amanda, yeah. Who you spoke very, very highly of. <laughs> and then proceeded to say, oh, he did, he's done okay for himself too. <laughs> uh, that's high praise, I feel like. Not really, not, not in comparison. <laughs> when, no, okay. No. <laughs> Awarded this massive grant, uh, you know, all these, all these, you know, very like amazing accomplishments. And then, oh yeah, here, this is Brandon. He's done okay too. So I do appreciate that. It's and not being recorded, I would have said something different. I know you would, I don't know. That's why we're recording it. <laughs> it's a very deliberate story he's choosing to tell in the moment. Yeah. Um, what, and again, you've touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear your thoughts a little bit more um, directly. In what ways do you feel like the field has evolved? And what are your thoughts, both good and bad, about that evolution? Yeah, so um, evolution, uh, you know, every field evolves over time and changes occur, right? Um, as a profession and as an organization, you know, sport and exercise psychology, performance psychology, and ASP have grown dramatic. They've they've both grown dramatically, um, and to be able to sustain that growth, I think one of the things is the professionalization of the field. I'm not not trying to suggest that it wasn't a professional. It wasn't professionalized before, but we we've needed to have some way of of showing that people are trained well um, that they're prepared for certain jobs i think the certification does that i think that moving forward um, with identifying programs and, and such will be also be is also an important step uh, in that process um, you know developing again i would say that developing our um, our ethical code was a very important step forward. Um, but I think what we have now is organizations understanding the, the growth 
or understanding the profession and what it can provide to them. So yeah. it is now not, it, I still think in some ways we're, we're considered a boutique field, um, you know, very specialized and, uh, and small, but I don't necessarily know that we are. And I think the fact that many, you know, most colleges now, um, especially, you know, division one and, and even a decent number of division two and division three schools have people on staff, uh, professional teams do the military. I mean, you name it, it's out there, right? So we're doing a much better job of, of that. Uh, people are, are, are getting employed in this field. Um, and uh, so people have that value. They, they know where we're going. Um, some of the downsides, um, you know, one of the things that, that we have noticed like just through ASP itself, um, I don't know that this is, I, I don't know if this has been intentional. I can certainly say it hasn't been on anything that I've been a part of, but you know, we know that uh, exercise psychology within the organization, I'm not gonna say it's been intentionally downplayed, but we've seen, we've seen the emphasis within the organization decrease in that. Sure. Um, certification was, was probably had an impact on that. And with certification, one of the things that, that happened was when we were doing the, the job task analysis, you know, when we had to bring in our, our, our experts, um, we could not find uh, uh, enough experts in exercise psychology to be able to hold a GTA in that area. We had planned on it. I mean, we used, we used um, two psychometricians to help us with that process because we were gonna start off with two separate job task analyses, one for exercise psychology and one for sports psychology. Sure. And then if we determined that they were the same, we were gonna keep them together. But if we determined they were different, we were gonna separate them out. So we needed two, two people, two professionals to help us with that. We still kept those same two professionals, but, but we really didn't find the, you know, um, we didn't find the base of exercise psychology people that we needed to build them into the certification. Um, and we really tried to promote and we sent out many messages trying to do that. Um, so I, I think that that's been one of the, one of the downsides, but I would also say that I think that the market is proving that to some extent, and that's mm -hmm. not a downplay. I'm not an exercise psychology person, but I, but I certainly value, um, you know, what people do in that area. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that it's become less emphasized within the organization. But again, I, th I do think that the market is gonna decide where, where people go and, and where, where they look for employment and where they do get employed. And that's been one of the, one of the things that has occurred. Sure. Um, I would also say that, you know, one of my, one of the issues that I think um, occurred is I know with certification, uh, with the involvement with it, that there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of people with very strong views in, on that topic. And, um, and it led to a lot of arguments and it led to um, arguments that probably went beyond where they needed to go with things being said that didn't need to mm -hmm. be said. And, um, and so, you know what, I, I'm, I'm totally good with people disagreeing, but uh, sometimes things can go a little bit too far at times. And so I think that there were some friendships that were at least injured during that process. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and on top of that, I think we still have seen, um, you know, and, and with that, I think that part of the part of the struggle there was the, the role that the fellows were going to be playing in certification, sure. um, right? And, and, and this really needing to be uh, an independent body that was making decisions on certification. Um, I know that that, that caused a lot of concern. Um, and uh, I think that that has, has rolled over probably to some extent within the organization. We've seen some some struggles as of late between fellows um, and uh, the executive board. Mm -hmm. um, just 
you know, wanting to wanting more involvement and such. And so I think that that's carried over a little bit. And maybe some of that started with with certification and and needing to for the certification to uh, to be accredited, we needed to make it an independent body running it. Um, right. But that pulled it away from from the fellows, and we had to make that move if we were going to improve our certification. Which I believe our new certification is a gigantic step forward. Um, but uh, but it did it has caused some you know. Uh, some more squabbles as a result of it. Yeah. You, know, you you alluded to obviously certification and then you know program recognition and then accreditation and all these things that are kind of in the pipeline that you've seen for a lot longer than I think people have probably been talking about it more more openly. Um, just kind of behind the scenes, knowing that these are some things that you could see likely happening in the future. And I'm curious. Um, where do you see things kind of going at, from this point moving forward with ASP and then also just in, in terms of the, the discipline? You know, you refer to some different job opportunities and, and whatnot. So things have obviously changed. And it's probably fair to say that they, they will continue to change and evolve. And, and um, we're, we'd love to hear what direction you think that might be. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you're absolutely right that, you know, the, the ideas of accreditation have been around for, you know, certification has been in place for a long time. You know, we just updated it. Um, accreditation was was discussed for a long time. I don't know when it, I went back and reread um, or read not too, too, too long ago, just all the, the president's messages, right, when they were, um, when they became president. Um, and I remember, I don't remember if he was the first, but I, but I remember Bob Weinberg mentioning accreditation and, you know, in his presidential address. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting and, and unique that's been around for that long. Cause I believe Bob was the third president. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, some of these issues have been around for a long time. Um, where do I think the field is going? I do think the field is probably going to, um, you know, I, I think that hopefully the certification continues to grow and we continue to get more and more people that are willing to and able to get certified. I, I hope that, um, you know, that, that the certification and that the organization continues to make those inroads with, um, with different organizations. Uh, so that we start seeing, um, start seeing people not just in the organizations we've, you know, working in, and you know, doing, um, you know, more uh, performance psychology and, and across a number of these disciplines, but also working in areas, seeing more people working in dance and performing arts and music, and seeing more people working in the you know, in the movie business and and you name it, right? Um, everybody's a performer to some extent, right? If you're getting paid to, if you're getting paid to do a job, you're a performer. That doesn't mean that sports psychology or performance psychology is exactly what's right for you. But I really have seen the benefit um, recently, you know, for the last, uh, for the last two years, I started working with an executive coach and this executive coach to, you know, to help with leadership. And that executive coach is basically a performance psychologist, right? Um, but somebody who's really held very high level executive positions and really gives a lot of great guidance. And so that's been very, very helpful to me as I continue my own personal journey. Um, so I hope that the field continues to see those opportunities. And, and if we can get the right people making inroads in those in those at different areas, I think that we're going to see more people getting into those areas, right? Um, and so that that's what I'd, what I'd love to see, and I think will probably happen. I do think that um, uh, you know that moving towards um, program recognition and accreditation are things that are likely to you know they're they're probably going to happen um, if we're going to prove that our programs are doing what they need to do then we need to be able to, you know, you need to have a way to quantify that. I just, I hope that we can do that in a way that's manageable for the programs. Because mm. in some ways, when I see, 
you know, APA accreditation in some ways is just unmanageable. It makes it, it adds on challenges that don't necessarily need to be there. And I just would want us to do this in the right way. Um, and I think we're going to see what happens with, you know, with say exercise psychology. Um, not saying that's going to go away. I just wonder if those people that are more focused on that stay within this organization or they move out and they have a different organization that they go to. And that's hmm. not a push or an encouragement. I just, I understand and I know where this organization has gone and I know where the membership is looking for. And, and um, you know, that, that's kind of how ASP was started, right? That people weren't getting their needs met. And so they moved on. And there were lots of people that went to stayed in both organizations and that can still happen here. Uh, if people decided to leave and start a, a, a different organization. Um, I do think that, as I've mentioned, I think exercise psychology is extremely important. Um, the market needs to needs to bear it a little bit better, but how that's going to happen, I'm not really sure what that looks like. So many good thoughts. Um, so now that we've gotten a, this perspective of where you think the field is going, what advice then would you give to students, early career professionals who are entering the field? It's an interesting question since I have a daughter who's a, who just finished her sophomore year of studying sports psychology. Um, so, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, I think that getting diverse experiences is probably most important right now. Um, so being able to shadow as many people as possible is important. Being able to interview professionals and be around people who are working in all different areas of the field is super important. Uh, even if you want to be a practitioner, get involved in research mm -hmm. and get involved early and keep it going. Um, I think that that's essential. Um, you know, keep doors open. I, I think what people need to understand is while this may at times look like a sexy discipline, it's it's not an easy one, right? It's not an easy one to, to, to necessarily break, you know, break down the doors of number one and then two, depending on the area you're working in. It's long hours and it's a lot of times a lot of travel and it's, you know, it's not always conducive to work-life balance and family, right? Um, yeah. So you need to know that when you're getting into it. Um, but it can also be extremely rewarding and, and fun. Um, but get into it for the right reasons. Don't get into it because you want to you want to be able to hang around people that are really cool. Get into it because you want to help people improve, right? I mean, it's um, you know, I don't know. There are just lots of different pieces of advice I would give. But find people who do what you want to do, and spend time interviewing them. You know, like I mentioned earlier, one of the most impactful things that ha happened to me in my journey was an, was an all day informational interview with someone. And sometimes learning what you don't want to do or what you don't like is as important or more important than knowing what you do want to do. Amen. So, yeah. So get in touch with the right people, ask questions. Um, don't expect that you know everything and, and, you know, listen more than you talk, I guess. We need to make those all hashtags and t-shirts, I think. Series. <laughs> You've done that for me before. You don't coming need... fall of 2022. <laughs> Available at the next conference. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish I would have been connected with the right people, or at least right person um, back in the day, but nobody warned me. So. You were. Chris Lance was your was your mentor. That's correct. That's correct. And then and then after that, it was kind of up in the air. And then um, ended up working out okay, I suppose, because I'm self sufficient. So you, you overcame the deficiencies. I did. <laughs> well, that's debatable. That, that, that that's still debatable. Um, the like the certification piece, uh, you know, is. I think it is hard to explain, I, I would imagine for you, um, what that takes and what it took um, in terms of just resources, time, energy, uh, you know, everything uh, to get that, get that moving. And so I know that you mentioned that that was probably one of the things you were most proud of. I'm curious, you know, 
what do you hope, and it may be the same thing, but in terms of your impact on the field, what would you hope that, you know, that might be as we get in like a group and we're talking about Jack Watson and, um, you know, what do we, you know, remember about him or, what, you know, what did, what's his legacy um, for the field? What, what do you think that might be? Uh, you know, good question and very difficult question. Um, I would, yes, I think that certification is a big part of that. Um, but honestly, what I would hope uh, is probably that people, uh, the impact is on the number of, of students that he helped mentor uh, to become great mentors and professionals in and of themselves. And that would be the thing that would make me most proud to be remembered for. Well, we certainly hope we we do you proud. <laughs> you both have very much. I'm the one who needs a second now to gather myself. I'm glad this is audio, <laughs> not video. Getting a little verklempt over here. Um, as we wrap up, Dr. Watson, I'm so grateful for you sharing your thoughts, your perspectives, your insights. What haven't we asked that you feel is important to share either about the field, about ASP, about your relationship with Brandon Harris, mm. about, I do feel like we need to insert a disclaimer about the history of the relationship between you two for listeners who might not know, but that's that we can do that on the back end. But what haven't we asked about that you think is important that you want to share? I don't know that you haven't, that there's anything you haven't asked. I just think that, um, you know, to me, I think that this organization has always been, it, it's growing and it's harder. You know, it used to be that you, you knew almost everyone at, at mm. the conference when you showed up, right? You knew the students, you knew you know, you knew the people. Now there's just so many people every year and the conference gotten so big. That's, it's, that's difficult, but ASP, you know, I think that the big thing is that the organization and the profession has just been very, it, to me at least has been very supportive of me and for me and to me. And, um, I, I, you know, it's, it, it does feel like, it feels like home. It feel, and there's, so many people there that make it feel like family and uh that's what's pretty neat and uh i will uh on top of that say that on top of me maybe not giving brandon the best endorsement to my mother i would say how many how, how many students actually locked their major professor out of their office one day intentionally walked over to the door and just went slam and goes i know that's locked <laughs> And it was. <laughs> I listen. I may be a lot of things, Jack, but I am not a liar. So, <laughs> hey, I will tell you that when you did that, I remember it was well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> That's very true. Mm. So, I think you heard you heard the the name of of our podcast, Jack. Um, asked and answered and and we certainly asked and, and you answered and we really really appreciate um everything that you share with us today but then also what you've done yes. you know for the for asp and, and, and for the field and yes. i think one of the things that at least i'm quickly realizing is as we talk with these other you know the other presidents um some of which you know we may have more of a history with in terms of interactions and and uh, mentorship and then others you know maybe we don't know as well i think what i've found is that um even for folks that maybe i have not worked as closely with that the impact that they've had on the field i have been the beneficiary of yes and so it, it's a pretty remarkable thing to to see how wide of a net um the work that one person can do or does can have on so many people that, that they don't even necessarily know or have never worked directly with. Um, I think that's absolutely true for you. And I will say, and I won't speak on, on behalf of Chelsea, but I suspect she probably agrees. It is um, not just a privilege to be able to spend this time with you, but it, we are so indebted and grateful 
um, to be the direct beneficiaries of all that, that you've done and continue to do. So, so thank you so much for, for everything. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you guys for this podcast and, uh, and, uh, really for, you know, continuing to push the field forward and, and benefiting those behind you as well. Right. This is a, a pay forward kind of thing. And you guys are, are doing that as well. Well, we appreciate it. We also appreciate the fact that we should be able to get this a PG rating. Um, so I wasn't sure at first, but I think this may be suitable for children. With some guidance. With some guidance. With, with some guidance. Let's just say we've asked, they've answered, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>